the motherfucking live stream right now. I don't know which came first, shitty rave music or the drugs. I wonder if it was just these, these non-music fuckheads who are, you know, sitting in their house one day and they dicked around on a Macintosh, they go Here, put that on a white label 12 and send it to the clubs. Wow, man, you're brilliant. We'll put you on the cover of Enemy. You're fucking genius, man. You're fucking genius. Oh, wow, it's jungle trance hip-hop fucking shit music. So you make music that shitty and everyone sits around and goes, God, this sucks! No, no, take these drugs. Lord of sweet mercy. Oh, Lord of that, that will, that will, that's the equivalent of eight coffees, four dingers, a couple of honks on the old meth pipe, and a vape rig full of Tide Pod juice. Good, googly moogly. Oh, Henry Rollins on the mic there. Oh, absolute classic slice of the man of the hour, the panacea, rave music resurrected. Oh, do we remember? Do we remember when that came out? Do we? Do we remember in 2006? Oh, when the skull step was strong, almost as strong as the dingers. Good God. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Coffee and Memes. Oh, it's the 4th of December for the fourth day of Christmas. My true love gave to me one up the bum and there was no harm done. I can confirm. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Look, welcome, 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 sisters, brothers, and others all across the flat earth. For this is Coffee and Memes. Steady job, a couple extra lobsters. That's all I want. You're getting on, you're pushing 30s, lovey. You know, it's time to think about getting some ambition. Oh, I always figured I'd live a little bit longer without it. Don't forget, kid, 
that what you're trying to do here is to be bright and chipper and entertaining and, and intelligent and sort of glitzy and that's funny and it's 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 kind of cool and it's interesting and it's edgy and all of that it, it puts that facade of momentary charisma on you and if you don't play that out you actually fail the lobster patriarchy has many of the top memes many of the top memes many of the top memes the lobster patriarchy has many of the top memes and that is so true that it's almost unbelievable ladies and gentlemen it's threshold.fm it's coffee and memes and today i'm very very happy to bring you a fine fine gentleman the jungle goth the shiny face boy uh the dildo king <laughs> mathis the panacea a, uh, a living legend of sorts. Um, I'm going to try and get him straight away on the phone. Let's uh, let's see where he is. Earth to Mathis, Earth to Mathis. Ooh, he's just popped out. He's gone for a shit. Shining his teeth. Oh, I thought you were playing hard to get. <laughs> Good morning, Will. Good no, mo- I just got myself a coffee. Oh, wonderful. How are you? We oh, that is that is a fine, uh, a dear little mug. Yes, well, um, you know. Yes, a man, a man and his style. Yes, well, yes. They say a a, a German man's castle is in fact his tiny wee little mug of coffee. <laughs> well, yes. Um, are just, we talking about castles? Probably. Yeah. Have you, do you still own? <laughs> do you still own a castle? I've heard rumors. <laughs> well, you know it, girl. Um, just, How are you this morning, Will? I'm doing very, very well, actually. Um, I've worn my best plaid shirt just for you. Um, you know, I've lost some weight for you. I've been working out. rags, dude. I didn't yeah. make an effort. Yeah, that, 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 those rags probably cost, I don't know, more than my studio, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, just a note, if anyone's watching on Facebook, uh, go to the YouTube link in the description uh, because you can't see Mathis's beautiful face. Um, he's he's got his makeup on and he's shining yeah. shining like the star that he is. Permanent um, makeup. In fact, by now. Yeah. In fact, anyone watching on Facebook, I'm turning off the stream. There is a YouTube link in the description. Go to that and watch it properly, like a normal uh, decent human. Um, and so, goodbye, Facebook stream. Goodbye, Facebook stream. Go to YouTube, please. Thank you. Goodbye. Um, how are you on this fine day? How's the weather in Berlin now? The, the weather is absolutely stunning, man. It was so bad for the last couple of days. I was having a depression, and now it's like super sunny, man. Oh, good. And I'm like, I'm facing the park, you know, so the winter sun like goes right into this apartment. And it's absolutely it's, it's actually more beautiful in winter. The light is more beautiful in this apartment in winter than it is in summer. So I'm, I'm enjoying myself. Unfortunately, the studio faces the we have a, a yard in the back. Mm hmm. And it faces the wrong direction. But when I'm working on the on the business computer, I can see the park, and it's it's very picturesque. Mm, it's nice. I don't think I've been round to that flat. I went to yours, which was the one by Gerlitzer, but So the dude that moved into this apartment, he was the leading... What is this camera called that you sort of, like, um, tie around your waist, and then you can do, like, these action-like sequences where the camera sort of, like... It's stabilized. Is, the steady cam. 
I think it's called a steady cam. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So the guy that moved into my old flat, he was he was the leading cameraman for steady cam. So he like traveled around all the time. Hmm. And he got this apartment because he wanted to rent it out uh as a as an Airbnb. Right. And now they're cracking down yeah, on yeah, the yeah. Airbnb flats. So he he moved out. So I could yeah. actually move back into that flat. Ah, but this is the thing because, well, what people were doing in Berlin, particularly when I was living there, was you could just get whole flats on Airbnb and live there almost sort of permanently, and Absolutely. it was really easy. And it was it was a lot cheap. Well, it was either cheaper or sort of equal to <clears throat> to getting a normal rented place. But it's quite difficult to get a normal rented place in Berlin. And, it re- just requires and I don't a lot want of work. To get too political on this show, but <laughs> this is a problem for younger families because yeah, young sure. families now can't can't you know live in the city center Mm. because there are certain types that rent out these flats and on this street um there is a there is airbnb flats down the street and dude i'm not i'm not lying there's like freaking 40 chinese tourists rolling up you know like taking up the entire street and you just can't you i when i when i go to kita in the morning and there is like there is like a bunch of chinese tourists and on on the sidewalk i can't i can't you know yeah, go past that them it's impossible they're blocking the street <laughs> so even on this street there's there's a lot of people renting out flats uh uh uh, uh as an airbnb it's probably really irrelevant to your audience the, fine. the kind of things that we talk about that, i think it's that, it's it's important to cover the final points points of the Berlin rental market because <laughs> now you, now you you can't Airbnb an entire flat. You can only Airbnb fifty percent of it, can't you? So you have to technically still be living in it and just Airbnb your spare room. Technically, dude, I know people that that yeah. have that that own like three Airbnb flats and they're making hell of a lot of money and and they certainly do not live. They don't even live in Berlin, dude. They live yeah. like in, 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 they don't even live in Germany, man. Well, they just they, have these flats, you know? If there are any Polizei listening, then uh, please. Well, there, there certainly should be. I saw police down, down on the street just a minute ago. When I, when I, I'm, I'm in the market to buy in Berlin, right? So like a, a, a while ago, this is like one and a half years ago. We, there was a flat available on uh, the, one of the nearby streets and um, I went into the flat um, um, with my little family and we looked at the flat. It was a stunning flat. It was like 300 square meters of, of flat on the third or fourth floor, I want to say, in one mm. of the beautiful buildings um, um, right next to me. So, like, I walk into the flat and I go like, okay, wow, this is, this is fantastic. There's art in every single room, every single room. So, like, I, I sort of, like, walk walk uh, 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 through the flat and I and I go into the into the kids room and there's like massive Damien Hirst dot paintings in the kids room I'm not kidding in the kids room thing. in the kids room <laughs> massive massive uh, 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 dot paintings but like not like one or two like I want to say like it was like five of them you know in the entire kids room 
What kind of places so, are you looking to buy? I don't know. <laughs> Who are you buying off? So like, I was like, I was like, the um, art dealing oligarchs of Berlin. By Damien Hurst, by your dear friend Damien Hurst. Ah. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. What the hell is this? So, and then I can't remember what was it. I think it was a, I can't, and the master bedroom had like, it, it escapes me now, but there was there was full on a list art in every single um, 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 room of this apartment, and then and then I was like, um, so the buying price includes all the artwork, what? right? And no, 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 no. This is what oh. I asked the real estate agent, <laughs> and I've never seen a more sour face on a real estate agent than when I said that. He was so he was not having my humor, dude. and he was he and and it was so awkward too, you know. Like <laughs> anyway, so it was it was the apartment of that. What's that Turner Price winning dude with the wolves? Um, he's from the UK. Obviously, because he won the Turner Prize. But um, um, I've no idea. What's his name again? Anyway, it's the dude with the wolves. He lives in he lived he lived in Berlin for for ages and ages and ages, and he got that back in the day. I can't remember his name. Oh, I'm going to look it up in a second. There'll be some art buffs watching this, just screaming at the live stream. <laughs> right? No, mm. let me look it up right now because I want to know. Oh, no, this is important. This is what people are tuned in for, you know. I know, absolutely. <laughs> Berlin real estate market. <laughs> What's the best Google Google? Uh, 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 Google Google dot com. The Google search engine website. Dot, dot, I think it's Google dot, dot co. Turner Price. Hold on, I'm looking up looking it up right now. Wolves. I'll just beatbox while you're doing it, just to keep people entertained. We should play a track. <laughs> Will. Yes. You should play a track. I, I generally don't in the middle of conversations. Um, We're not but... having a conversation because <laughs> I'm looking something up. Uh, I can't find him either. He's got like an English name that's like two first names. Uh, Craig Charles. Something like that. Yeah, let's go with Craig Charles. Maybe that'd be a bit of fun, wouldn't it? It's not Craig Charles. No, I know. He was the, he right was, now. He was the lead to, actor in Red Dwarf. He was, uh, Craig Charles was arrested. Was he arrested a while ago? Or it just it came out that he was in the back of a limo watching pornography, smoking crack and masturbating. He's a, he's a comic genius. It's a long story, though, I think. Uh, you know what's a long story? <laughs> I can't find his name. <laughs> Are you sure he exists? I'm absolutely 100% sure he is Douglas Gordon. Oh, Douglas someone, yeah, guys. Gordon, someone look in, him up. Someone in the so I was, I was in the market to buy Douglas Gordon of Gordon's apartment. Bloody hell. Including all the personal, personally made out art to him. That's where all the position crime money has been going. Mm. <laughs> you know it. Um, I was looking through the position crime discogs uh, today. Um just to sort of refresh my mind of all the uh man there's so many like just ridiculous pieces of music on this but also like you were putting current value stuff out in 98 like there's uh 97 i want to say was no, it 98 um well, we signed it in 97 i know that much yeah 
Alec Empire. Everybody, yes. Uh, yeah, 98, I think, was the first uh, Skybreaker, yeah. current okay. value. Um, and then... Techno Animal, early Techno Animal, absolutely massive. Yeah, that's nice. One of the guys is now doing the JK Flesh um, project, which is fantastic. And then The Bug, obviously, which is Kevin yeah. Martin, is legend. Cy Beg as well in 96. Yikes. Cy Beg, fantastic release. Man, those stuff that he used to do on Fuel, um, the sort of, I don't know, weird, kind of lower tempo, garagey kind of just bass monsters were so good uh, there's one called high frequency or low frequency or something did you listen frequency. to the to, to the release on chrome uh his one no i haven't i, I need to so yeah, stop it, it's insane it's sort of like it, it it's sort of like chemical brothers done right mm. it's massive beats and bass and it's a magical piece of music yeah and um, the so the first t like, I'm trying to I was trying to sort of think back to the sort of first moment. Well, yeah. First, so I used to go to a club in Brighton pretty much every Friday night called the Volks. I'm sure you've played there a few times. It's down yes, on Brighton Seafront. It's full of drugged up animals, and I was one of those drugged up animals for many many years. Not uh, the first time I saw you. We met in a in a in a in a sad little pub. Uh, no. No, we met in a club in in Bristol first. That wasn't a club. It was I. I clearly <laughs> remember meeting you, going to like it was early at, early evening. I want to say, and you sat in a gigantic chair. <laughs> I, I think that might have been our second meeting. Um, I think the first, the, yeah, the first time was a um, a club in 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 Bristol called Timbuktu. And this was 2006. I don't recall uh, that meeting. Uh, that, was the that was the first one. And I'd collared you out the back. And you said that you'd bought one of my records. And that sort of made my year. Um, the one on molten vinyl? Yes, my very first one. Because it had I'm happy selling that on. right now. Uh, yeah, I, no, Go to my Discogs page and buy <laughs> <laughs> it. It's 99p mint condition. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly played the hell out of it. What was the track that I always played? The the sort of like ravey one. Uh, I don't know. There were a few back then, and then then I um, yeah. Then I made the oh uh, oh god, which one? Oh, I can't remember. There was there I was can't a few, remember yeah. either. But it was a fantastic record. Oh, thank you kindly. Um, but yeah, the first thing is there was a guy that used to run the night called Chris Natural, and he was very, very secretive about the records that he played. And he was opening with this track that went, Kings of the Jungle, 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 Jungle. And it would just tear the place like apart. It was just, and then it goes into this happy hardcore bit. Like, oh, what the hell's going on? This is complete insanity. Yeah. And for like years, he wouldn't tell me what it was, like at least two yeah. years. And I was, this was sort of pre decent search engine. So this was what? That came out in 2001, I think. I want to say 2001, yeah. Yeah. And so and then I eventually found that there was a record called Kings of the Jungle by. DJ, dexterous, dexterous D, and rude boy dexterous Keith. and whatever it, rude boy so Keith, bad. yeah such and, a bad record sold that ages ago sold yeah. that when i lived in the states um and then one day i was at a record fair in cornwall and um on holiday with my family and i found 
DJ Dextrous and Rude Boy Keith, Kings of the Jungle. And it was like £15. And I was like, oh, that's all my spending money or something. Yeah. <laughs> and I bought it. And um, it it wasn't like a, it was, there was at least another week and a half of this holiday until I got home. So I was like <laughs> really gearing up to play this record, put it on yeah. the deck. I was like, what the fuck is this? What this isn't it at all. I know. And so I went steaming back to Chris Natural. I was like, look, I've bought this record and it's not the right one. What is that Kings of the Jungle tune? Oh, yeah, it's by this German guy called Panacea. And uh, yeah, and then I think I got a load of your stuff from LimeWire. Because uh, that's that's all you could do. You couldn't buy the vinyl oh anyway. God, I can't remember. Yes, of course, it was that thing. Yeah, Soul I was, Seek. I was trying to get old techno. Yeah. On 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 that ages ago. So, but could- you know what? Like, um, I I hear similar stories like that so many times because it, it, it was when when I started out in 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 '97. The first couple of releases were supported by the UK DJ you know, gang, like the mm. A-lister DJ gang. Like, like I heard um, Doc Scott play my shit at raves in, in, in Germany, you know, like a bunch of them played, played the first three records, I want to say. And then um, back then we were using this uh, distribution company called SRD. They yeah, yeah. don't exist anymore. But SRD did a pretty good job um, uh, sending out uh, uh, white labels to important DJs. And um, so these records came out, and and obviously they were my my first releases. So no nobody had an idea who this guy was. Um, so p- people assumed that it was somebody from the UK. You know, like mm. even like I remember a couple of people thought it was Aphex Twin. Really, you know, it was Aphex Twin doing doing a, a drum and bass do. Like a side project, a drama based side project. So this was at a time. It, it it seems so weird nowadays, but this was at at a time when the UK DJ crew was so tight they wouldn't play releases from anybody outside of the UK, basically. Mm. But there were so few so people outside of the UK doing anything good. In in two thousand, I'm sorry, I didn't. In in sort of ninety nine two thousand, there was just so few people outside it the was, UK. It was a doing handful anything. of people yeah. that were that were 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 sort of like playing every party. It was mm. a it was literally it was a handful. Like I want to say like it, 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 like what I'm what I, the 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 story that I'm telling you right now is is sort of like it's a little earlier than that it's 97 and oh, there was okay. even less people then you know i mean there was there was basically two other germans it was makai you know the mm. the, the guys that did the ghosts in the uh, uh, shell uh, yep. drum bass track and then there was like maybe there's like a there was like the, a Berliner crew back then, but that was it. There was a couple of people from Cologne, maybe, but but they weren't they weren't you know active on the international stage. Mm. So by the time people like people the the UK DJs found out that um, th- this was a German guy, you know, and they sort of found out by the time I released my first album which was also in, 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 in 97, they stopped playing that stuff because I was German, <laughs> you know? Well, you did start How two world wars. How racist is that? 
Yeah, well, you know, still recovering from, you know, World War II. There's a lot of hangovers there, you know, it's baby boomer generation. <laughs> no, you know, forgiven but not forgotten. <laughs> right, we're going to take no, it I, out I on those German drummer bases. I remember all of that, you know? So, like, ever since then, I had a, I, I, I you know... But then it was, it was the Americans that... Friends, sorry. The Ameri- it was the Americans that bullied the German accent out of you. Um, I want to say yes. Um, <laughs> the New Yorkers. The, 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 it was, it was basically the New Yorker, uh, the, the gay fashion elite that bullied the German <laughs> accent out of my, uh, out of, out of the way I speak, um, arriving in New York. I mean, I was very young and very inexperienced. I was, I grew up in a very safe environment in, mm. in every, you know, like, I mean, it, it was, it, it, uh, it was very safe. And, um, I sort of went there and, you know, I, I felt as if, um, I was being thrown into cold water and it was, it was great. You know, it was really interesting. It was it was a great time. It was it was um, a lot of a lot of the a lot of who I am was sort of my my character formed in in those years. You know, like mm. I, I really uh, as a as a human being, I think it was a very important time in my life. Also, this was probably the last couple of years where New York was the great city that we imagine it Mm. to be, you Mm. know, like nowadays it's, it's just not like that anymore. It was around the early two thousands and the late nineties. It was a very active city. There was lots of artists there. There was music, just fantastic music, great clubs, you know, limelight, Twilo, uh, 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 just the, uh, the people I met there, were very inspiring it was a hotbed of of not only like americans but also europeans that moved to the city because they believed it to be a place where they had where where they could make it you know Mm. i i mean our apartment was there was a, a window um display artists and one of the flats photographers people in the fashion business like i said you know it was a a really creative sort of sort of apartment and then you know obviously it being on 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 um uh west uh uh, 29 20 29th street it was um like you can't even live there anymore now Mm. you know they tore down the building that we lived in and uh, built this block is like sort of like apartment apartments now, like like mm. like tall, like skyscrapers with apartments. Yeah, for God knows anyway, how much money. It was it was a a, a, a great um, time, and um, 
obviously playing in America, you know, I didn't have to deal with, with any of this sort of bullshit, you know, they didn't mind me being German, you know, mm. they didn't, they, they didn't have, like, it, it was, it, I'm, I'm also criticizing, I guess, the, the German scene, because the German scene at that time was very, very sort of like, they, everything that came from the UK was like amazing, mm. you know, and everything that came from Germany at that time was like sort of, ooh. You know, like, it's not the real thing. Yeah. Like, Germans trying to copy, copy, um, uh, the, the UK drum bass, which I guess I did for, for a while, you know, like, um, I'm trying to think of any of your records that you could, I don't know. Like for as long as I've been listening to your records, they've always stood out as being just like, I mean, obviously they took a lot of influence from the sort of old hardcore, but not really so much from I feel like the UK drum and bass at the time. That's why they stood out so much because they were so obviously Panacea records. I'd like to think that um, you're a producer and you have a different view on music that you listen to. A more um, well, you, you know the bigger picture. Mm. So, like, I think that. Um, yeah, I appreciate what what you're saying, and I and I and I would hope that you're right. I but I'm I'm, you know, like maybe not the right person to, to yeah. talk to yeah, about yeah, that, yeah. you know, because I made the tracks. Well, yeah, that's it. Being a well, yeah, you know, I presume you know what frame of mind you're in at the time. But also, like, oftentimes when I've sat down to make something with a specific thing in mind it's not always come out like that. And even if, you know, I felt like there's been influence on something else, what other people hear, you know, can be completely different. And so Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, your one is not always the best critic of, uh, of, of their own work. Um, Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's always amazing how many people you speak to who, who don't really like their own music. Like Mm -hmm. um, other people definitely seem to like my music more than I do. But uh, yeah, I think that's just often the way because when you're you can't see the wood for for the trees when you're so deep into it and you know or you hear all the imperfections and all the other little bits and pieces going on with it that other people don't hear. A lot of other people just hear it as a sort of as a single piece, whereas you mm. hear every individual element and every EQ tweak, every you know effect automation. I know I know exactly what you're saying. The the what what transpired later in my career was um, the fact that I started to remember how painful it was to finish certain kind of projects and tracks. Mm. Like by the time that I made Chiopteron, I was so obsessed with um, cross-reference, cross-references in my tracks with a certain kind of aesthetic, with, with uh, wanting to be edgy, with um, the, it, it, my, my sort of like, I was so laden with like stuff that I wanted to put in the tracks mm. that it kind of kept me from enjoying the process. And if you don't enjoy the process of making a track, you know that something is wrong. Yeah, and um, also like when I reference like a certain kind of feeling that I had at a rave in '93 when I went to the 
whatever excess in 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 Frankfurt, and I heard DJ Hype play for the first time, you know, and I want to I want to put something in there like Jungle Techno, for example. Yeah, yeah. That was that's based on 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 a sensation on a on a night out sort of you know that when I when I went to to the excess club, so. Um, and I'm and I'm like working so hard on on recreating that kind of feeling, you know, mm-hmm. that it just it became really painful at the end, you know. Like the panacea will never die. Same thing, you know. It, it tracks were were like like it, it, it. Some of the tracks took me three months and more, mm-hmm. and that's that's not a good place to be at, you know. Like like music. I was becoming obsessed. Do you feel like with those tracks, they're the sort of ones that take like three days and three months? Like it's like the the final, I don't know, the final 5% of the track takes the remainder of the three months after like having put it all together. And then it's like, I don't know, just the process of it slows down somehow of like trying to, I don't know. It's all just second guessing yourself. No. <laughs> no. Nope. No, that's what it's like for me. <laughs> so, like, Rise and Shine, for example. Rise and Shine, yeah. I worked on for six months. Yeah. That was a six months track. And as I put more stuff into the track, I was enjoying the track more and more. So, by the, by the, by the and and then I was sort of done with it after six months and I couldn't listen to it for for quite some time. Mm. When I started to to listen to it again, I like to play this. This is one of the tracks that I play out now. Mm. And every time I listen to the track, I can I can go back and sort of like uh, it has so many layers that every time I can concentrate on a different layer of, of the track, you know, there's mm. so many elements in this track. It's, it's one of the most overproduced tracks that I've ever done in my life. And it has like, whatever I want to say, like 86, uh, uh, different stems yeah, or something, yeah, yeah. you know, it's, uh, if you see the project, it, it looks like something's done by a, by a complete madman. <laughs> You know, it's it's a staggering amount of audio files, and um, the result is 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 satisfying for me. I don't play King of the Jungle anymore, mm. um, and that was a track that took me, I believe, a week. Right. Uh, I, uh, uh, um, like I said, I I, I I I try to recreate a certain a certain kind of feeling. I had the vocal sample, and I just wanted wanted. A massive track. I, I wanted to use the, the the vocal sample in a massive track, and then I thought, you know, what kind of show-stopping part could I could I use? You know, what kind of what, what has never been done before? So I put the happy hardcore yeah. bit in there. You know, it was like sort of like one of my sets. You know, where I would just like play a bit of happy hardcore in in in, in my sets. So that's how that track came about. Um, it's it's difficult, you know. Like, I I recently played this uh, show in in the recently I think it was the beginning of this year. I played uh, 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 the Live Evil event by oh, yeah. um, uh, in at uh, Electroworks in London, and they asked me to play um, a ninety ninety seven like a, an early kind of like Panacea uh, 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 set, mm. and I haven't I didn't. Listen to these 
tracks in forever. You know, I haven't heard any of these in, in, in forever. So I went back and I went through my back catalog, sort of like what you just did. Mm. And I and and with time, you know, I can reevaluate some of the of the early tracks. And I and I remember how exciting it was to finally be able to release, you know, on a label. And then I was I, you know, thrown into this so fast. Like you have to imagine that back in '96, when I um, felt ready to send out demos, the second demo that I ever sent out was signed instantly by ForSync. I got a, I got a call back from them like two days later. You know, so Damn. my boss back then, Achim Shapansky, who ran ForSync at that time. Um, he called. He called me, and he was like, "Yeah, I skipped through the tape, and we can do all of these tracks on the on the tape." <laughs> that was it, you know. Yeah, that was it. Gave it, it was five so, minutes. It was so it's good. Wave music. Yeah. Yeah, it, but, but but you know what I mean? There was like now there's like kids that you know they 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 work in 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 music for like ten years, and then they do like one MP3 release. And nobody gives a shit, and and I was mm. just this like freaking 18 year old kid you know like just like i think it was really easy for me that's convenient well i i want to i'd be very interested to hit i don't think i would have heard that what what was it is it can you still get it on the tape on the tape there was um the i want to say the first two releases were on that tape so that's tron which is Chrome oh, 7. right, okay. Torture, I made a different version for the 12-inch. I have an original version from 95 on my on my computer uh, of Tron. Um, as, uh, torture, I'm sorry, of Torture. Mm. Um, so Tron, Torture, and then what the second um, uh, Chrome 8 was Stormbringer and um, God damn it. And some other track. Uh, Oh, Jacob's Ladder. Jacob's Ladder was on there, yes. Which to this day, I think it's... it's, Sorry, what's that? That is a wild tune. Jacob's Ladder? Yeah. It's a a really good track. I played played Jacob's Ladder at the... the, I think I played Stormbreaker as well at the live evil um, um, party. So so I think it was five tracks in total. And they were like, yeah, let's, let's do all of it, but... Can you do an album? And 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 and, and I was, like, dude. I was a, I was a boarding school kid. I was a mm. fad boarding school kid. You know, I've been. I've seen I, the pictures. I, I, the first party that I went to, I think, was in 1991. So I was a raver kid, and I looked like a raver kid. I would look like a fat raver kid. So the fat raver kid panacea rolls up at the Forcing Studio, and there was freaking. There was like at that time, you know, there was like on Forcing, there was like. Um, Alec Empire release on on Forcing, um, Space Cube, you know Thomas Gallach, DJ mm. Tonka, those those guys, you know. Then like all of the all of the uh, they had this amazing sub label called Mill Plateau, where they just gathered all of the uh, intelligent sort of dance music people at that time, you know. Like the, it, it was it was just so many artists that I deeply deeply looked up to. You know, and that that was all obviously, you know, 
why mm. I sent out a demo to that label because it was my favorite label at that day. You know, so I went to the office and I was like, oh, shit, you know, it's actually happening. And I was so taken aback by, by, the, by the fact that they would just take me you know, the way I am. That is sort of every young raver boy's dream, isn't it? Like, oh, listen to and, all this and exciting it, it raver. Just send off a tape. Yeah. Like, yeah. Of Bloody course. And, 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 and you see, you see, like, everything fell into place from, from, from there on, you know. It, it was, you know, I, I started working with good agencies. I, I had complete... Uh, artistic freedom mm. more or less on 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 chrome and later position chrome mm. i was a and ring for the label it was sort of under my control i had a few negative experiences very few not many you know so um it it see it seems as if everything was really streamlined you know mm. everything was like destined to be sort of and um at least that's how i'd like to remember it you know like i i never had the feeling that i had a you know succumb like crazy obstacles mm. that's <laughs> that's convenient if only it could be like that for everyone um yeah i know it's not you know yeah it's um, and then yeah but it's it's harder now than i think well i don't know if it is it harder now or is it yeah i think it is you know why it is it's Will? different it it's it's because at that time the 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 technical equipment that you needed to make a release mm. the the money that you had to spend on your studio before you were able to release mm. a track is was it was like times 10 mm. to what it is now yeah and the technology the technology was not available to just anybody it was much harder know? to learn as well like and there were less resources there was less community around it like now you can you know, even if you don't get crack stuff, you can just but you can buy a copy of Ableton, and then there's a million YouTube videos showing you how to do every individual bit of it, and you can get more than enough in terms of free royalty-free samples for free to be able to. I had uh, so, nobody to show me anything. Yeah, yeah I yeah. learned everything myself. I learned I learned the um, uh, 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 hardware synth synthesizers uh, and sequencers that I used back in the day. I learned mm. all of that myself. I learned Logic myself. I never, I never, I maybe I watched a YouTube video like once, mm. you know, of like somebody, somebody trying to explain to my, you know, a specific snare sound. Mm. Uh, you, Make 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 the snare louder in your track. Anyway, it, it, it bored me immensely. So this was never this was this is not why I wanted to make music. Is the technical aspect of, of the music was never. I'm I'm not a I'm not a tech nerd. You know, I'm not a studio nerd. I I'd like to think that that my tracks um, often they sound slightly off. You know, I'm no mm. Mephtis or Noisia. Oops. Post. Sorry, I'll be right back. All right. <laughs> right. Well, while uh, Mathis uh, goes to um, uh, goes to enjoy his uh, whatever 
package, uh, presumably some sort of hardcore sex toys or something are being delivered. Well, how's everyone doing in the chat? Aphex Twin was born in Ireland. Okay, good to get, to get that one uh, clear. Uh, never heard anyone say this about New York before. That's quite, quite interesting. Um, been producing for 14 to 15 years and no releases so far. <laughs> yeah. Um, solid old techno on Bandcamp. Oh, wow. What other tunes have we got lined up? When Mathis finishes, I'm going to play some of his old stuff off of Night Force. Let's see if my battery holds out. For some reason, there's something wrong with the battery on this laptop. It's a, it's a fun game that I play every show, hoping that we'll make it to the end without some sort of terrible technical disaster. But that's just sort of my life, really, hoping that I will get to the end of this, you know, this reality without some sort of horrendous technical disaster that leaves more than one person dead at a time. But yeah, what can you do? He's back! <laughs> so so look let's talk about the the sort of the move forward with stuff like there's there's panacea techno records now there's there's you know there's new frames yes so um about so i moved to berlin in 2010 i want to say i can't i i can't remember 10 or 11 maybe Anyway, so um, back then I had heard about this about this amazing techno club in in Berlin called the Backheim, mm. and um, you know, being a DJ myself, you know what it's like. You play Friday, you play Saturday, you, you come home Sunday, mm. and kind of like you you like fall into this whole like you know like there was no party, you know, you're immensely tired and mm. you're hungry and, 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 and you're, you're just a bit stressed out from the traveling. So I, I figured that, um, with the back end being open on a Sunday, there's your techno um, fix. What's that? There's your fix a techno for the week. Yes, exactly. So that it might be a good idea to, to go out on a Sunday afternoon and sort of like wind down from the weekend you know so like i i I started going to this club and man i you know this this was just shortly after that minimal techno trend that took Mm. over like i have to i have to tell you that i was interested in in different subgenres of of electronic music all my life yeah so i have a deep affection to ambient you know early ambient like sort of early 90s ambient obviously early UK hardcore, all of that stuff still is very important to me, mm. but also like Belgian techno, you know, underground resistance, uh, uh, all of this kind of stuff from the early nineties shaped like my, my sound. Yeah. And, uh, being a, a, a musician also coming from classical music to me, genres are not so defined, you mm. know, like there's, I mean, I still meet kids that tell me that they only listen to drum and bass. I find that immensely sad, you know, like I think that that's a sad thing to say because there's so much more interesting music out there. So, um, in during the phase, doing that minimal techno uh, thing, you know, when sort of like even DJs like Chris Liebing, who was known to be to play like really hard techno yeah he started you know like to me overnight playing this kind of like mellow sort of like 
crap that that uh, it just got really popular. Yeah. So yeah, like yeah. I completely faded out. I did not listen to any any techno for years and years and years. So like I go to this to this club, the Backhine, and I'm listening to like just doomy kind of like stuff that reminds me of what I always loved about techno like just mm. like it was so it was just really dark you mm. know like and 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 at same time really energetic so um i started to really like that you know i started to really enjoy also the fact that it was a little slower the crowd was a little different you know uh, uh i found out about artists like ancient methods um who does like sort of broken beat like it's not straight up forward mm -hmm. to the floor but it's like sort of broken beat and and uh, and I find out about all all of these artists and I and I felt the need to dive into that genre more than I had in the past mm -hmm. um I think at that time my last techno record was I released in oh god maybe 2002 or something oh really because yes oh. this is this is a little known fact that you know if you check my discogs page you can see a lot of the different projects that i made in the mm. past like there's you know the more obscure ones one one of them would be kate mosh you know which yeah, is yeah. like a kind of like gabber uh, yeah uh break core whatever like speed core project uh, that it, I enjoyed a lot when I made it, and it's rather obscure. Anyway, so um, I I felt as if as if I had to say something in this field, mm. as if I needed to leave my comfort zone of you know, like playing every weekend. And, and then when I, when I started making a drama bass track, I sort of knew what I wanted or, or how I could achieve what I wanted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, it just became kind of like limiting. It was taking know, because, the challenge out of it a little bit. Yes. Also when I made tracks like, like King of the Jungle, you know, like I, I, I never felt very secure in what I did. Like yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I, I knew that I was, I was experimenting and, um, I knew that I was doing things differently, but, and, and I, I, and I just wasn't comfortable, you know? Yeah. It's and, finding that balance, like that edge of being right up against the edge of doing something that's not right. Like, but really exactly. trying to skirt as close to it as possible. Like, that's mm -hmm. really where the magic happens. But mm -hmm. push it too far, and it's 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 unlistenable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, like, it and 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 out of that sort of grew uh, an interest in in maybe exploring that side of me as a producer more, mm. and then also the fact that um, I got to know a lot of people uh, uh, in the business. Mm. You know, um, being uh, moi, if I, <laughs> if I can say that, <laughs> being myself. Hello, uh, the panacea is here. Come on, yes, roll it's, up. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's a certain kind of um, 
carte de visite that is being looked at quite, uh, you know, like, I mean, what I'm trying to say is that uh, people knew who I was. People know me. Kind of a big deal around here. Yes, no, but of course. Yeah. He makes that bloody rave music. I've seen him thrashing around on stage with his glinty teeth. (laughs) <laughs> it, it was it was just it was um it it was great for me to see that i made ripples outside of my mm. small subgenre yeah, yeah you know yeah. i think that was really rewarding that was mm. that was the first time for me to see that maybe what i what i did was was kind of okay you know i'm doing okay because there's people that i deeply look up to that have heard of my name yeah sure that 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 respect me for what i what i did also um a little known fact is that a lot of people that work behind the scenes in berlin they used to be drum and bass heads Mm. you know so they all saw me play uh in 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 the maria in the in the early 2000s you know they all came to to these shows a lot of people knew who i was so um i i sort of like uh, made a lot of friends within a short amount of time. So, like, through, um, I can't remember who introduced us, um, but I met Adam Adam X from Sonic Groove Records mm-hmm. um, about I want to say three years ago. Um, I uh, uh, got talking to him, and I used to record shop at Sonic Groove when I when when I was in in, in New York, you know. Um, I used to go to his record shop to buy records. Like mm. I, I, it, he he only had a small section of drum and bass. He always stocked my records, which I which I thought was great. But I bought my techno and ambient records when I when I was mm. at, at his record store. So um, I was like, yeah, I'm 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 Mathis, and 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 uh, I don't think you knew who I was back in the day when I was record shopping with you. And, and then he was like, yeah, yeah, but we always had your records in store and they were always, always um, uh, extraordinary and, and so different sounding to what the UK guys did. Sort of like what you just told me. You yeah, know? yeah. Like it was clearly identified. You could clearly identify them as a Panacea record. So, um, so he was like, yeah. Uh, no, so, so so I told him about this project that I do with my friend uh, David, mm-hmm. uh, the future 91, 92, 93 series, uh, the Continuum series 91 to 98 um, uh, label that uh, uh, we do. It's uh, a bunch of white labels that we released that sort of go through the years, like the future 91, 92 record looks at the at techno in the year 91 to 92. Mm. And then we sort of like... Um, take inspiration from tracks out of that era and then try to make a modern version of them. So we go through the years uh, uh, looking at each year and try to make our, our own version. And What um, are you going to do when you run out of years? Will you go all the way up to present stop. day? <laughs> it's the, done. The, 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 the series stops at 90.98. It's going to stop. Hmm. We're working on the last one right now. Then just retire, retire, go out in a no, blaze I'm of glory. No, I'm not going to retire, <laughs> but we're going to we're going to continue to do something on the label, but we don't yeah, know yeah. what yet. 
I can't tell mm. you. I can't give that Super. away. Yeah, well, well, I'm trying to probe too deep there, you know, for all the uh, little <laughs> anyway, tidbits. Anyway, so, of, like, yeah. we met over that, and then he basically gave me a carte blanche. He said, like, yeah, just make a record on Sonic Groove. Make a Panacea record on sure. Sonic Groove. Make it good. But, and I was like, and I was so taken aback, you know, like, how, how good it feels, like, to be trusted by, I mean, Adam X is like, he is a legend, dude. Mm. He's, 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 he and, and Frankie Bones and these, these New York guys. I mean, I remember like buying a, a, an Adam X record in 1992. You know, Swamp Thing was like a major track for me. The stuff that he did with his brother, you know, X Crash, like fucking amazing. Can I swear on this? You program? say whatever you want. I just did. Yeah, Sorry fine. No that. problem. But yeah, anyway, say so like, so like, he told me, yeah, just, just make a record. And I was like, and and it's and the it key was, to the techno it was just city. Such a shocker to me. Yeah. So I released the first um, Panacea techno record with him uh, beginning of this year in January, and then I, next one is going to come out uh, next January. Okay. So in a, in, in in a month, and mm. end of, end of uh, end of January. So. For anyone listening, and, I'll post the uh, li links, appropriate links to listen to stuff in the show notes of the podcast so everyone can Yeah, well, the record is called Above the Absolute and um, yeah, so that was that, you know, and then I, then I just really enjoyed putting together techno shows. Mm. So I had a couple of parties that I played here in Berlin. We played as, um, I played a techno show for my friend Sasha in Moscow at, at a party called Discipline. That was the first techno panacea show, I want to say, if I'm not mistaken. I believe that was in 2016. And I just had so much fun because it was so challenging. You know, mm. if you DJ this sort of stuff for four hours, you know, you can, you can, you, you can, Playing a drum and bass show for one hour, it's just, and, and, you know, it's very linear for, to me. It's yeah, like, it's, you're creating a whole different thing, though, with techno and drum and bass. Like, they're almost not comparable in, in, in a way. Do you know, they are and they aren't, because right. um, I, I, I'd like to think of my techno sets as a, a panacea drum and bass set but stretched out mm. you know i have certain points <laughs> okay, where yeah, yeah. peak points in my set you know yeah. it, it it it's just the you know in a in a panacea drum and bass set you will always have the sort of like slower beginning yeah. and then it goes right in and then it's sort of like that for a while and then it peaks because it goes crazy because i'm playing like some happy hardcore shit or whatever mm. like a gabber track or whatnot you know then it goes down then i play like some some like slower kind of like whatever kamui or heart style track you know mm. that goes up again and it goes into this infinite like kind of insanity towards the end you know of like emotion and, and, yeah. and craziness that's at least how i i'd like to see it so with the with the techno shows it's just it's like that but it's stretched out yeah. to four hours yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? okay so it the, makes a lot of the, sense the intensity uh can can be a just it's like a stretched orgasm if you mm. want to say you know if you ever i don't know if you ever experienced a, 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 a an, an orgasm or a longer like kind of orgasm well it's like, a more tantric kind of uh, more tantric kind okay. of orgasm yeah 
I don't, uh, I don't know if, I'm if always you searching. understand what yeah. I'm saying, you know, maybe you don't. But, well, yeah. you know, I'm a bit younger, so, you know, I've still got a lot to learn. I haven't been to Bergheim as much as oh, you. Oh, sir, I can I've never been to the that. lab. <laughs> yeah. well, Is that where you learn it all? Careful now, <laughs> careful. <laughs> anyway, so you know, like I'd I'd like to think that the intensity is is sort of the same, but the speed is different. And um, I I have so much fun dabbling in this field right mm. now because it's uncharted territory for me. I yeah, have yeah, no sure. clue what I'm doing. Mm. It feels right. It feels good to leave my comfort zone. You know, I, and it, I, I truly think that, that it brings out the best in me because, because I'm, I'm leaving a field that I became too comfortable in. Yeah. hundred percent. You have to like push to yourself. Comfortable. Yeah. Sorry, yes. You have to push yourself. Otherwise, otherwise it takes the meaning out of everything. And, and, you know, sometimes you, you know, you have to burn off the dead wood. You have to burn off the fat in order to you know, truly create again and to sort of form order out of chaos. Mm. And that's what gives creativity its meaning. It, it really, it sort of stops being, if you, if you keep just working in rigid grooves, it, it, it stops being creativity. It starts being like what you're like painting by numbers at that I point. I couldn't have said it better. Um, also, all, all of this is based on the fact that I still see, I still believe that I'm an artist. You know, mm. I see myself as an artist and an artist should have the, should get the opportunity to um, speak in the language that he desires yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. my language over the years has changed. Mm. You know, I'm not the same person than I that I was in in before I I, I left for America mm. or when I started out in the music business, you know? Yeah. Um I I've I've said this before in interviews, you know, parenthood ha, ha, has changed me drastically, obviously. You know, mm. I have a whole set of new responsibilities that I need to take care of. Um, I can't do these crazy weekends anymore, you know, where I have like two shows in, in, in Russia. One is like freaking <laughs> two internal know, flights away. Yeah, exactly. You know, and then the other one is like on the other side of the, the, the country. And then you come home on a, on a Sunday and, I mean, your 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 duties as as a father are, are you just can't perform. You yeah, know? and I can't explain to my to my daughter that um, I had a rough weekend. What the hell does that mean for her? You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. No, no, you you're still dad. yourself yeah. at the playground. What the fuck? You yeah. know. I remember. I, I remember once she started throwing Lego at me because I fell asleep on her on her carpet on her floor. You know. <laughs> well, there you go. This sort of says it all, really. So you know, this kind of responsibility yeah. also keeps me from from you know getting into a car with a crazed uh, a, a Russian driver go. Going 120 kilometers on a on an ice field, you know, on yeah. an autobahn that is covered with freaking ice. Smoking and, and sunglasses on the phone. Oh god, it's so terrifying. That's how I've always envisioned my death. 
like at the hands of a promoter that's been Absolutely. up all night and refused to let me get a taxi. <laughs> and 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 you know how how often I've been there, you know, crazy flights yeah, with like I mean the infrastructure in 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 Russia wasn't always like it is nowadays, you know. I I went in like military machines. I went to Murmansk and places like that, you know. Mm. Like I had like crazy scary experiences in my life. Once I played in 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 the states, I wasn't be, I wasn't nobody picked me up from the airport. They just left me at the airport. <laughs> There've been uh, I've had stories of DJs getting to Russia. There being no one at the airport, so they manage to find their way to the hotel. They can't get hold of anyone. No one comes. They go to sleep. They wake up in the morning. They go back to the airport and go home. And they found that like the promoter's been arrested and the whole thing's been shut down. And just they're basically just gone to Russia. They got paid in advance, so they basically got paid to go to Russia, spend one night in a hotel, and go home. It's There's just... this one incident when I when I had uh, uh, was uh, supposed to play at uh, in Novosibirsk, and um, I had a flight from. I want to say Frankfurt to Moscow. I had a whatever six-hour layover in Moscow. I boarded a flight to to Novosibirsk that would get me to Novosibirsk at three o'clock in the morning or something. And then and then my show was it was one of it was at one of these pirate station yeah, yeah. parties, yeah. you know, with like twenty thousand plus like kind of kind of kind of kind of people party rave. And um, I was supposed to play from five till six, and then my return flight was like at thirteen hundred or something, you know, next day. So like we're circling over freaking Novosibirsk, you know, and then dude pilot says something over the intercom, you know, and everybody around me goes like, oh, and I was like, what? Just have the decency to, 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 to say what you have to say in English. None of that, you know, of course. Like, it, it just Russian. So, freaking, I, I can see, okay, we're, we're, we're not landing. We're not landing. Circling, circling, circling. Then I fell, I fell asleep. I wake up. We're, 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 we landed, like, at some random piece of shit Siberian airport, you know, like while, while we were landing, there was like snow falling, like the snow was insane, man. And, and I didn't know where we were, you know? And, and, um, I looked at my watch and it was like, sort of like whatever, three o'clock at that time, you know? And, and everybody's waiting in the, in the terminal. And then sort of like, you can see the snow rising, outside of the air, airplane, you know, outside of the airport. And basically by the time um, I found somebody that I could talk to, the plane was covered in snow. There was no way we would depart from that airport. To this day, I do not know the name of that airport <laughs> to this day. I have no clue where we were. So I had a take that night. I had a take a bus from that very airport in the middle of nowhere. I, I took a six hour bus to back to uh, um, Novosibirsk, missed the party, obviously. Yeah. Was being picked up by the promoter from that bus in, in, in Novosibirsk, went to the hotel, took a shower and took a flight back. 
Oh. That was, and, and, and <laughs> nobody spoke English. Yeah. I, I finally, I found someone that I could communicate with in the most basic English. I had the promoter on the phone telling him, you know, you need to get this guy to Novosibirsk. He's going to, he's going to have to <laughs> he's fly, have a meltdown. His flight back. Dude, it was such a nightmare. Oh, it was man. so crazy. And, and, and honestly, Will, now I can't do this anymore because <laughs> it's not just me. You. I'm not responsible yeah. for just myself, but I'm yeah. also responsible at, uh, at, at, if, 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 to my little family. You know, yeah, I have a responsibility. So yeah. all the insanity that this business brings was is fun while I'm telling you this story when yeah. you're in it it's not so much fun no. and certainly now yeah. you know being 42 you know I have to like kind of settle down a little bit you know so I'm I'm enjoying my time in the studio you know I'm yeah. working a lot in the studio I'm spending a lot of time in the studio and I'm just trying to really uh, uh, I, I, you know, like trying to dabble in this field of uncharted territory that I, mm. what I mentioned earlier, you know, and I, and I just have the time of my life. Yeah. Well, look, I'm really excited to hear all the, the new stuff as it comes out. Uh, please don't forget to send stuff to me as a, it does. I don't remember uh, the last, I think I got the first three, certainly. Mm, I can't remember. It was maybe a year Will, ago. Will, I yeah. can't hear you. Have I gone? Is it? There... I can't hear you at all. No, nothing. Technical difficulties. Oh, technical difficulties. Uh, can people on the live stream hear me? Oh, no, that's no, stopped. it's not working. Oh, I'm gonna have to call you back. Uh, I'll call you back. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you fine. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, sorry for, uh, oh, here it comes, it's black, here we go. Will? Mathis! I think, uh, my monologue broke my FaceTime, so. This is, is almost certainly true. Um, yeah. FaceTime with Mathis, there he is, da -da -da. and you're back. Um, well, look, listen, let's wrap this up here. What I would really like to do with you sometimes is, is to sit down in person and, and go through all the old position chrome classics i think that would be a fun few hours i think that uh, was the brief but we we ended up talking about uh more irrelevant stuff i uh, I, I i think that would be subjective but uh, <laughs> irreverent perhaps look it's always an absolute pleasure thanks so much for coming on the show and i hope everything goes well with thank the you new for project. talking to me thank you for Love listening to, the to my story hey it's it's a pleasure um, so look, take care of yourself and stay and stay away from <laughs> deranged uh, <laughs> deranged journeys like the like the last one you just told. I'll try to do my best. Okay, and uh, safe, Will. Say I'll talk to you later. Say hi to the lab for me. I will do. <laughs> Lots of love, mate. Cheers. Bye bye. Right, thank you very much to the panacea, a fine human being. If ever I saw a fine human being. So, look, to play us out, I will... Oh, let's hope, no, technical difficulties. My foot, how dare you? Come on, Lobster Crew, you know better than this. Um, to play us out, a bit of um, Panacea and uh, Current Value. Oh, oh, I see. Oh, you're not working either. Well, how about you How about you, you put it into your, into your poopy? Eh, Spotify, you piece of shit. What's going on?
I don't know. It'll probably be fine. Most things are fine, aren't they? Usually. They're usually fine. All right. Forget it. It's not working. Nothing's working. Look, thank you very much for listening, everybody. I will be back. I will be back tonight, in fact, with Jim for Ranking Radio, 7.30 on Threshold.fm and on the Ranking Radio Facebook page. Um, I think my computer's about to die. And so that'll be the rest of the day sorting that out. Look, much love to you all. Don't let your memes be dreams and stay out of trouble. Increase the peace, decrease the grief.